number two of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. She's broadcasting live from Alabama where they're still in mourning over the Crimson Tide. (laughs) I'm coming at you from just north of Los Angeles or as it's now apparently known, the northern capital of Latin America, according to the 2024 Los Angeles Olympic bid. Did you see that, Leah? I did see that, and that's something we've known forever, but I just can't believe they admitted it. <laughs> to put it in officially in an official attempt to try to get the 2024 Olympics, Los Angeles is referring to itself as the northern <laughs> capital of Latin America. That's where we are in this country, folks. All right, uh, we've got two hours of jam-packed stuff to get to as we review the week of news, and there was tons of stuff. And this is the only place you're going to hear a lot of it because, frankly, uh, the nature of this program allows us to say things no one else will say. Because we don't care about being popular. At least I don't. And, it, you know, my track record is pretty strong on that. I've never been popular. And probably, <laughs> I still care some. Yeah, Leah might care a little. <laughs> I don't. And so uh, this, is the, this is why you're going to hear things on this program that are true that you will not hear anywhere else. Because even the, the most outspoken radio talk show hosts They still care about being popular. And when you still care about being popular, it is a hindrance to telling the truth, especially when it comes to this effed up Republican nominating process, which is now as dysfunctional as it can possibly be. Now, we're going to go through all of the the candidates right now. We've already obviously gone through Trump, Jeb and Walker. In the last segment, I talked a little bit about Fiorina. I could sense that I was ticking you off, Leah. So why don't you I'm nah. give, give you a chance to rebut me on Carly Fiorina? All right. Well, look, it's very clear. This woman really knows foreign policy. She and Marco Rubio wiped the stage with everybody else, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, I thought she was great with the Planned Parenthood. Carly Fiorina has it together. It doesn't matter what happened in California because that is the northern capital of Latin America. But, but Lee, it's the only so the rest so, of the country doesn't even know about this. Plus, she changed her hair color. She used to be gray. Why would they trade in one old hag for another old hag that they don't know? They'll take the hag they know versus the hag they don't know. Okay, so So Carly Fiorina did a great job. I'm not saying that she's going to. Would you you, just let me finish and uh, stop trying to interrupt me? Look, I'm the Donald Trump of this program. I'm the alpha male. But you, I'm going to yeah. be nice Look, to you because Leah, because Leah, because Leah, you're a beautiful woman. You're a beautiful woman. <laughs> okay, that was ridiculous that he said that. But anyway, I don't think Carly Fiorina is going to be the nominee. I agree with you. I don't think that she could win. I think though she could be a good VP candidate. All right, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not thrilled. But look, I mean, I am, I am just begging for anything that's remotely rational coming out of this process. So if you today gave me Rubio Fiorina as the ticket right now. I wouldn't mind that at all. I'll take it. I, I, yeah. I buy, buy, buy. I, I will buy that because there are so many far worse possibilities than yeah. Rubio Fiorina. I don't. I think that has a shot, by the way. I think there's a shot. It's Rubio Fiorina. It's um, pretty impressive, both of them on, on stage. I, I really liked both of but, them. But, I did. But Fiorina only works 
in theory as a vice presidential nominee. That, that's uh, fine. That's uh, fine. Okay, but but let's so let's stop. Can we stop with the? But she did win the debate. Sorry, but who she cares? did. But she won the debate because she's a woman. No, that is such BS. No, it's not because if she was a man, if she was a man. The Planned Parenthood answer would have been deemed to have been off the rails in anger. Instead, it was righteous indignation because she's a female. Do you know, you have to agree with that, Leah. Okay, she, she, but that's only one answer. Right, but, but she on. was on it for everything. You cannot no, no, base I, the fact that she won that because she's a female. No, no, no. no. I, There's no way. I, I said Fiorina and Marco Rubio. They both did I, great. That's fine. I don't care how great you do in a debate. If you don't have the resume, the background, the faculties, if you're not in racehorsing terms, if you're not bred to go the distance, Distance, it doesn't matter how you do okay. in a debate. And that's it, fine. I'm just glad she's bubbled up. I'm glad she got the attention, okay. and I think she'd do good as a right. VP. One last thing on Fiorina, though, which bugs me, and I think it bugs you, too. She plays the female card way too much for a conservative. She loved the fact that Trump insulted her face. She loved it. I mean, oh my God. I mean, come on. What he said about her was ridiculous. I, I agree. I'm not I'm not defending Trump. What I'm her I, face. No, but I've gotten numerous fundraising emails from her where the word face is in the headline. Not just another face in the crowd. Take a look at this face. Dost thou protest too much, Carly? Hey, I, I love mean, it though. Did you see the commercial she put together? It no. was Incredible. All right. Well, it was good. Hey, use it, Carly. Use it. See, but that's not the way a conservative is supposed to think. Oh, right? please. A conservative is not supposed to play the female card. By the way, even when she when she answered the, uh, you know, who, what female would you want on a $10 bill? She was, I loved her answer. No, but she was playing the inverse female card. She was, I loved that no, answer. No, it was phony. She was. Well, in fact, that was my favorite answer because, of the but night. But it was phony. I can't believe you fell for it. She I was, loved she it. No, was trying, that's the way I feel. But but she's, she wasn't being sincere. She was trying to pretend she wasn't. Wasn't playing the female card when in fact she was playing the female card. I mean, I don't care. That's exactly how I feel. Uh, well, she reflected you, how right. I feel. It's stupid to all put right. a woman on just because it's a woman. I'm hoping uh, I have not made contact with him yet. I'm hoping that in the coming weeks that we'll have an interview with Chuck DeVore, who she ran against in the primaries for that 2010 Senate race. Chuck DeVore is a uh, an old friend of our KFI program. I don't know if you remember or not, Leah. Uh, but Chuck DeVore, I'm pretty sure, will set you straight on the real Carly Fiorina if we get him on the program. Uh, she plays the female card uh, with vengeance. Uh, well, who so, cares? What well, difference does it make? <laughs> I don't but, think it makes a difference. What Zig? difference at this point does it make? Yeah, Thank because because it won't work against Hillary. Because it won't. It doesn't matter. I'm but, telling you, she's not going to get but, the nomination. But, but Leah, She'll probably be the VP. But here's why it matters. There's now 15% of the Republican base that are deluding themselves into thinking that Carly Fiorina can be the nominee and win They'll the be presidency. Happy if she's VP. No, 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 no. You're not getting it. Fifth, those 15%, those 15%, Leah, 
could be used in a far more productive fashion supporting somebody who actually has a chance. You like, know what? We are so far out, Zig. No. You need to calm No, 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 no. Down. We are not that far out. We are not. Here's why we're not that far out. Because we've now set the rules that the only time something significant can happen is in one of these stupid debates. And there's only a couple of them left before the holidays. And once the holidays hit, it's all over. We are far closer to Iowa in political terms than people realize. All right, when we come back, we're going to quickly run through the, the rest of the idiots that were on stage. Because uh, actually, believe it or not, there were 11 people on that stage in the Reagan Library in Simi Valley. And we'll do that when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We're still uh, continuing our analysis of this week's uh, GOP quote-unquote debate. Uh, we're going to very quickly go through the rest of the candidates that we have not discussed. We've already talked about uh, Trump, Walker, Bush, and Fiorina. Uh, Leah, as we go through the, the remaining seven, uh, you want to actually take the role of their consultant. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yes, I'm going to be their political consultant as far as looks and uh, delivery goes. Okay, fair enough. All right, so uh, the the next guy who is considered to be near the top of the polls is Ben Carson, a guy who we both like. Uh, he certainly seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? Yes, he uh, definitely does. He seems like a super nice guy. Um, the reality is that uh, he cannot win the presidency. And the reason why he cannot win the presidency is pretty clear. Um, see, if he was a Democrat, and, and it's amazing to me, Leah, how few Republicans understand that the rules are different. But if he was a Democrat, he would be a really great candidate because if he would somehow win the nomination, the media would go, oh, you've been properly vetted. You are presidential material. Even oh, yeah. though you've never held elected office. You've only really won, uh, you know, run your own doctor's office. Yeah, you're super smart. Uh, but, you know, you've also said some goofy things. Uh, none of that would matter if he was a Democrat. As a Republican, all that's going to matter. And yeah. and the reality is he would get shot like Bambi, although uh -huh. I guess Bambi get more like Bambi's mother. But the re reality is he's, he's if I'm going to be, you know, true to the story of Bambi, but metaphorically speaking, he's Bambi. Uh, he, yeah. he, he is he is not tough enough to go into the crucible of a general election campaign against the media, against Hillary and survive. I wish the the flirtation with him would dissipate. I think some of the air came out of the balloon because he was frankly, you know, not he was lacking even more energy than uh, Jeb Bush lacks uh, yes. on the debate uh, scene at Ronald Reagan uh, Library. But I, I don't think he, I know he's not going to win the nomination. I just wish his supporters would understand he does not have a chance. What, what, right, what, what yes. Would, what would you say as a consultant? As a political consultant, I would say you are such a brilliant man. Go ahead and drop out now and stand by to be Surgeon General. Well, he's not going to drop out because he clearly, like most people who are very successful, he clearly has an ego, uh, and he's enjoying this, and he's doing well in the polls, and there's no reason for him to drop out, which is unfortunate. I mean, I, 
I wish Jeb would drop out. If Jeb really cared about the, the future of the country, Jeb would drop out right now, save himself and his family a lot of embarrassment, and give someone like Marco Rubio a chance to gain some traction and, it can, and you know, prevent Donald Because Jeb cannot prevent Donald Trump from winning the nomination. Uh, Rubio could. Trump, I, I think, would beat Jeb right now on a head-to-head matchup. All right, so that's, that's Carson. Uh, Chris Christie is interesting. Because Chris Christie was a different person in this debate. Uh, he actually sounded like a true conservative. And if it was the very first time we'd ever heard of him, I might go, oh, okay. Yes. Republi- Republican governor from New Jersey, uh, tough guy, uh, prosecutorial background, seems conservative, uh, good debater. I'm on board with this. Except it's not the first time we've ever heard Chris Christie speak. And effectively, Chris Christie politically is a eunuch. He's uh, dead. No, he's a, he's a eunuch. He he literally cannot rise in the polls because he has no balls. Uh, so no matter how, it's, if we use the bachelorette analogy, boy, who's that bachelor over there? He uh, he looks pretty good. Sounds pretty. Oh wait a minute, I forgot he's a eunuch because <laughs> uh, because he hugged Obama during Sandy and he hugged he Jerry. Jiggled. He jiggled and <laughs> hugged Jerry Jones during the football playoffs last year. So both That's right. both of his testicles are gone. So it doesn't yeah. matter. How how good a speaker he is, what he says now, nothing he can do can change the fact he's a eunuch. Correct. Yes. So for that reason, I would say to Chris Christie, go on back to New Jersey and clean up the mess that you're making over there. If it's possible, go ahead and drop out. <laughs> well, you're quite a consultant. You're going to get paid a lot of money. Carson, Oh, I've got some out. good advice, but it's I'm not Chris, wasting it on these Christie, people. Christie, drop out. All right. Rand Paul. Now, Rand, oh. now, now Rand Paul... <laughs> who I like personally, uh, we're on it in Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, on my old station, WHAS. So to me, um, the founding fathers are rolling over in their graves most about the treatment of Rand Paul at this debate. <laughs> this is the absurdity of where we're living in 2015. Rand Paul, a sitting U.S. senator, a, yes. guy, who, a guy who the founding fathers would have loved because yes. he was a doctor who lived a real life and decided he wanted to do what was best for the country. He runs an insurgent campaign for Senate. He wins. Now he decides to run for president, and he's a constitutional scholar. And here here he gets four chances to respond to questions in a three-hour-long debate, and he has to use one of them to begrudgingly agree with Donald Trump's view of the 14th Amendment after Trump had already disparaged his poll numbers and his looks. That was the first thing Donald Trump said. Out of the blue, out of the blue, completely gratuitously, Trump just decided because something popped into his tiny little head that he's going to disparage Ron Paul because he only has 1% in the polls. Now, poor Ron Paul, to his credit... I'm sorry, Rand Paul. Ron Paul, you know, obviously his, his father. His so, crazy father. Right, who, I, who, believe it or not, I've actually introduced at a, at a fundraising <laughs> breakfast in, in, in a 2008 French. election, which is bizarre. Anyway, so Rand Paul, to his credit, you know, it, it, I actually respect the guy because here he obviously despises Trump, right? And for every reason, he believes he's bad for the nominating process, bad for the country. He's being belittled by this buffoon. And yet he 
admitted that Trump was right on yeah. the 14th Amendment. I thought he is that, right. I thought, well, but Trump doesn't know crap about crap. Trump was just being lucky. Well, he's got people telling him, yeah. you know, the biggest legal scholars in the country. So, Who? So I, the biggest legal scholars. I thought that moment was pretty much the, the tell-all that we're doomed as a nation. Did you have a, a five-second analysis yeah. for Rand? Uh, Rand Paul, listen, if you're going to stay in this thing, cut out the Constitution talk. It makes you sound nutso. Oh, God. This is the John I'm telling him. We'll be back on the John and Leah show (laughs) soon, I think. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon, and we are definitely holding out for a hero when it comes to trying to find somebody that will emerge from this dysfunctional Republican presidential nominating process that's going exactly as the news media and Hillary Clinton would like it to, with the top three people in the most recent polls, Trump, Carson, and Fiorina, combined with over 50% of the vote, and not one of them has a prayer of beating <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Um, just tremendous, folks. Now, we're, we're going through each of the candidates. We've got a couple more we need to get through. In the next hour, by the way, uh, we're going to be devoting most, if not all, of the hour to something that's almost becoming a, a weekly feature on the John and Leah show, which is the never-ending, far-worsening plight of the white male in this country because uh, there were a lot of stories involving that we'll get to all of them in hour number three but let's go back to the uh, the 11 candidates that were at the reagan library in simi valley not uh, far from where i'm broadcasting from tonight by the way leah since you're playing consultant here something occurred yeah. to me during the commercial break mm-hmm. i'm a little confused so you, you can't stand scott walker's bald spot you think that's death for him yet it is yet you don't have a problem with donald trump's hair well, but see, Donald Trump's hair has become part of him. It's so crazy and annoying that it's like his crowning glory. So, so you know what that his awful hair works for him. Well, see, to me, what you just said there is emblematic of how absurd the process is and absolutely, wh- and why it is that a guy like Scott Walker is screwed and a guy like mm-hmm. Donald Trump is in such good shape because Trump can get away with anything. Walker can't get away with anything. Correct. And, and it's not fair. It's absurd. And But that's the world we live in. All right. So we got four more to talk about real quick. Mike Huckabee, to me, um, is so sanctimonious. It is, it is painful. <laughs> that's what my dad says. It is painful <laughs> for me to listen to him. He, everything is about him telling a story that he thinks is going to make him the wittiest guy in the room with a really great line. And what it's hiding is a couple things. One, he's unemployed. Two, yeah. two, he is a fiscally liberal social conservative in an sure. era in an era where America at best is c- conservative fiscally and liberal socially. So 
great job there, Mike. Um, <laughs> and he has no chance of winning the nomination. He's there to increase speaking fees. And uh, I really wish he would drop out, but his ego is so large, I doubt he will until at least Iowa. What's your take, a consultant, Leah Brandon? Okay, well, I would say uh, that what he said on stage about the religious liberties uh, and how, you know, a lot of people came down on the Kentucky clerk because she wanted an exemption and the world came down on her, whereas we're giving exemptions to, uh, you know— uh, Major Nadal Hassan, who killed 33 soldiers and the people in Gitmo. I thought he did a great job explaining that. Okay, and that I is, I, I don't care. I, he cannot be president, so I don't care if he makes a good point about religious liberty. He's always wasting my time, and he's taking away support from people who might actually beat Hillary. So, right. Uh, that, that, I, I would say to him, you need to drop out. Because <laughs> you went to Kentucky and you said you'd go to jail for Kim Davis and you acted like an idiot. So your chances are shot. Bye bye. All right. So consultant Leah Brandon, who apparently doesn't like a check because she's telling most of her candidates to drop out, uh, tells Huckabee to drop out. John Kasich. Uh, now, oh. now, Kasich is an interesting uh, situation because, you know, Kasich is a guy who. On paper, you could see having a path to the nomination. He's the governor of the key state of uh, of Ohio, he mm-hmm. uh, where we're on actually in the Akron Cleveland area. He uh, is somebody who is not a, a fire breathing conservative by any stretch of the imagination. So he could theoretically play well in a general election, appealing to the middle, but. Based upon uh, the reaction to the debate, which I thought he did okay, I thought he was decent, hmm. um, it's not happening for him. He's he's in 2% territory, and it's really hard for me to see how he breaks out in Iowa or New Hampshire. He has some support in New Hampshire, uh, but he would have to do halfway decent in Iowa to be able to sustain that support in New Hampshire. So I just don't see, well, on paper there's still a path. I don't see it happening for John Kasich. Okay, uh, Governor Kasich, please do not show up to the debates drunk again because <laughs> it really reflects you poorly. You thought he was drunk? He was like my drunk uncle who's falling all over everybody. I did not pick up on that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Look, Governor, if you want to continue, stop the drinking. That's my consultant. Wow. Uh, today. Wow. All right. Uh, Ted Cruz is a guy who I know you have some affinity for. I uh, do. And um, look, I, I, I'm thrilled that Ted Cruz is in the U.S. Senate. That's where he belongs. He belongs in the U.S. Senate in a fairly safe seat of Texas where he can cause all sorts of problems, where he can threaten <laughs> filibusters, where he can, uh, you know, quote Dr. Seuss on the floor of the Senate during filibusters uh, for important issues. That's where Ted Cruz belongs. He cannot be president, and he cannot be president for a couple basic reasons. Uh, number one, he's— associ- I think you're getting into consultant territory, but go ahead. All right. He cannot be president because he's associated with the Tea Party. The Tea Party in the general election is perceived as toxic, where, uh, even though it's not—it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. And number two, he has a cadence that, of <laughs> speaking that is the combination of Mr. Rogers and a, a televangelist, and it is a— Annoying as 
hell. Uh, it, it is fingernails on a blackboard. I don't trust it. There's a little used car salesman put in there along with Mr. <laughs> hey, Rogers and Televangelist. I'm the consultant. I'm right. the consultant. All right. so, so he cannot win, although he is – he, he, there is a path for Ted Cruz. He could yeah. draft off of Donald Trump, and if Trump implodes somehow, I think Cruz could threaten for the nomination, but he cannot be the president. All right. I would say, Senator Cruz, I love you. You are the rarest of the rare. You cannot be swayed by power, money, pressure, your principles. You stand by them. You are brilliant. Your biggest problem is you come across as creepy. Yeah. You need to stop looking at the camera when you're answering the questions. And you need to not talk to us like we're two. You can speed it up a little bit. That's okay? Mr. Speed Rogers. it up. Speed it up. That's Mr. Okay? Rogers right there. We can handle it. Uh, you know, the whole thing is Ted Cruz sounds better then he looks. If you're listening to him, it's not as bad. He's creepy. Ted Cruz, I could help him with that. Right, but he cannot win the presidency, and so therefore I, it doesn't really matter to me. He's he's wasting space and blocking other people who might be able to. Specifically, another Cuban senator, or a senator with Cuban roots, Marco Rubio, who's the last uh, candidate in the debate uh, that we'll discuss. Uh, to me, uh, it's you know, it's funny that we we played the holding out for a hero uh, from Bonnie <laughs> Tyler coming into this segment because at this point, it's all on Marco as far as I can see. Uh, Marco's mm-hmm. the last hope. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, you're our only hope, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> Marco Rubio is it because he's the only guy I see a theoretical path to the nomination who can withstand the crucible of a, an, a general election where the media is going to be gunning for him and Hillary Clinton is the likely nominee. Uh, and now the reason for that is he comes from a key state, Florida. He's got enough experience uh, in the in the Florida legislature as well as a U.S. senator. Obviously being Cuban helps. Being young and good-looking helps. His wife is a former Miami Dolphin cheerleader. She actually might have, she might be a little too hot. They might have Mm-mm. to tame her a little bit uh, to be first lady material. But the reality is... Uh, uh, you know, TMZ already loves the guy because he knows more about rap music than than most of the people that work at TMZ does do. Um, so he he can he, I think he can widen the playing field. He can hold the Romney states, uh, and I love his passion. I I think he's he is he's sincere in his passion. It's not fake. It doesn't feel like a used car salesman like Ted no. Cruz. It feels no. real. And he's that, lived it. And that's why at this point, begrudgingly, Marco Rubio is is my last hope. Okay, so uh, as Rubio's consultant, I would just say keep doing what you're doing, but if there's any way that you could possibly look maybe eh, five to seven years older, (laughs) we're going to go with it. All right. Well, you know what I would advise? Stop with the water bottle jokes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're over that. We got it. We got it. All right. Okay, um, so that's the entire field uh, of Republican candidates. We did leave out Bush, didn't we? Well, we already talked about Jeb at the beginning. All right. Now, when we come back, though, this is going to dovetail with really my entire philosophy of the race. We got a little taste of what will happen in the general election to whoever the nominee is when the media decided to 
to go to the past, play it, you know, take a page out of their old playbook from the 2008 election and play it on Donald Trump with regard to the uh, Muslim issue. We'll talk about that when we come back on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. Finishing up our weekly look at the race to the White House 2016 with uh, what felt, Leah, like a blast from the past. As you well know, (laughs) I I did a movie, the second of three documentary films that I have made, called Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected and Palin Was Targeted. And the, the basics of the, of the movie was the media coverage of the 2008 election and yeah. how it was that in unprecedented ways, unprecedented ways, the news media protected Barack Obama and destroyed anyone who threatened him. Spe- Correct. Specifically Sarah Palin. You can see the movie for free, all of it. Just, just Google Media Malpractice uh, movie and you'll you'll find it pretty easily. It's for free. I don't even get it. I don't even think I get any money from it. Uh, All it's going to do, though, is just make you angry. <laughs> but, you know, it bothers me, Leah, that I spent a year of my life, blood, sweat and tears, putting that thing together so that at least conservatives would be educated to know what to look for in the future. And I have failed miserably. I mean, I went on the Today Show to debut the film, an interview with Matt Lauer. I was on The View, every cable news network show. It doesn't matter. You know, thousands and thousands of people watched the movie or at least bought it. And and yet all the lessons that I was trying to teach people have been forgotten because we're forgetting, I guess. I mean, it's the only explanation I can come up with. Either that or we're just complete idiots on the conservative side. We're forgetting what happens when it, we turn from a primary to a general election. And, and here's the, the basics of it. The rules are totally different. On the Democratic side, here's what happens once you get the nomination. Oh, Congratulations. Um, Welcome to the general election. Uh, We've rolled out the red carpet. Here's some flowers and a comfy chair. And uh, relax. We've got everything taken care of for you. You just do your thing, and everything's going to be just fine. You and are, if you step in it, we'll cover. You know, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just, you know, here, would you would you like a coffee, a tea? Um, so we got everything under control. That's the pressure that the Democratic nominee is under, and they are deemed automatically to be presidential worthy. They have crossed the presidential threshold. Because Democrats said so. And that's, right. that's all the media needs. Now, a, re- a Republican nominee <laughs> has a very different situation. Oh, How can you live with yourself as a racist candidate? <laughs> the Republican nominee, once they get the nomination, oh, prove to us that you are able to cross the threshold into being <laughs> someone who could be deemed worthy of being a president. Go ahead, um, strip naked, and we want you to run through this field and... All right, th- that's what happens. That's How long di- have you hated women? <laughs> that, that's the diff- That's the media difference between the Democratic nominee and the Republican nominee. So the Republican, nom- the Republican nominee better be able to either withstand or dodge. 
while naked. All right. Meanwhile, the, the Democratic nominee is sipping lattes in the comfy chair. That's the reality of it. All right. All right so, so we saw a little bit of that because this week Donald Trump had the audacity to take a question. Right. He took a question from someone who might be a lunatic. I don't know. But regardless, he had the audacity, unlike Hillary, to take a question. Listen to the question. Problem in this country. It's called Muslims. We know our current president is one. Right. You know, he's not even an American. We need this. First question. This is man. First question. But anyway, we have training camps growing where they want to kill us. Mm hmm. That's my question. When can we get rid of it? We're going to be looking at a lot of different things. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to be looking at a lot of different things. Go, a Donald. Lot, a lot of people are saying that. Now, I have said from for the last several weeks that the only thing that could make Donald Trump lose his base is if he acknowledged that Barack Obama was born in America. <laughs> now, he yes. does, now, he didn't do that. Um, and, and he mostly held his ground on this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I think he was a little bit soft, um, I don't know. What did you? you what, how would you evaluate Donald's response? Um, no, I thought he was okay. I th hey, if he, as long as he didn't do a McCain, I'm good with it. Okay, I, he certainly didn't do a McCain. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, I think he could have been stronger, especially you know he went on uh, uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos. This uh, this Sunday morning, he went on Meet the Press mm -hmm. and George Stephanopoulos. By the way, he went on via the phone. How does that? How does Donald Trump, with all of his resources, not able to get to a satellite uplink? How is that possible for Sunday shows? It's it's unbelievable to me. But okay, but so here's the absurdity of this whole Muslim thing as to whether or not Barack Obama is a Muslim. Because if you remember back in 2008. It was George Stephanopoulos to whom Barack Obama himself referred to. My Muslim faith. I mean, what, what more do you want? By the way, that's a clip from the movie. My Muslim faith. Thus, thus the. My uh, Muslim faith. Right. I mean, so. I mean, and Stephanopoulos goes, uh, 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 you mean your Christian faith? Yeah, yeah, my Christian faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Thank, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the immaculate reception there, George. We really appreciate that. You, you, you recovered my fumble there. That was thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, and, and 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 by the way, I am not a conspiracy guy. I I believe that Barack Obama was born in America. Um, I actually think Trump is missing an opportunity. See, if, if I was Trump on this thing, although he, he backed himself in a corner on the birth certificate, the, yes. the real issue about Barack Obama's heritage is one that we know nothing about it. That's number one. Number two, I believe the most logical scenario is not that he was born outside of America. It's actually worse than that. He lied about being born outside of America when it behooved him to be foreign when he was a college student and when he was trying to get a book written as a nobody. That's yeah. what I think happened here. And that's why there's so much secrecy around it. And by focusing on he wasn't born in America, which it goes against the facts as, as I can see them, it misses the real issue, which is that he <laughs> lied and claimed he was out, born outside of America. And, and the proof of this, for the people who don't know, it, to me it's amazing that maybe 1% of the country even realizes that there is a proposal for a book written by Barack Hussein Obama way before he became famous that refers to him as having been born in Kenya. Yes. Now, now, now 
I have written book proposals. I've had book agents. Even though it was not written by Barack Obama, at the very least, it had to be approved by him. It right. had to be. He was a nobody. In fact, the book agent probably told Barack, can you write something up for me to put in this pamphlet? So right. Obama wrote it himself. So anyway, th- that's number one. Number two on this, this Muslim thing, not only do we have my Muslim faith, which you would never say. You would never say unless in a million years, in a million years, if if it's wouldn't happen in some level of your consciousness, you weren't a Muslim in an interview with George Stephanopoulos running for president. Not a chance in the world that happens. So and he's Mm -hmm. bragged. He has bragged about being a uh, having Muslim roots numerous times. And so what what I find funny about this now, Leah, we're now living in a world where if the news media tells us you are not allowed to think this yes it must be true i i, I now presume it no must it is be... I, I totally agree i totally agree with you global oh, warming global warming you are a <laughs> blasphemer you are a denier you confederate flag people you are racist you are not allowed to show the confederate flag at all anywhere and i've lived it on the penn state case i am a pedophile protector wait <laughs> no i'm not i just know the damn facts of the case so, okay but the other thing is why do you have to defend him from being called a muslim aren't they really saying being called a muslim is the worst cut down that you could ever say about a person. Oh, you're exactly right. That's the ultimate layer of hypocrisy here, which is that, wait a minute, let's follow your logic, media. <laughs> so if it's a, if it's a disparaging to call someone a Muslim, isn't that racist? Or, I mean, what, 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 it's a bizarre world we're living in. Hour number three of the John and Leah Show coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.